World of Work podcast with James and Jane. Hi, this is James. I wanted to let you know that as well as these podcasts, we deliver at least one free online seminar every month that you're welcome to attend wherever you are in the world. You can learn more about them and register for them via our website, www.worldofwork.io. That's www.worldofwork.io. Hey, uh, welcome back. Episode four of the World of Work podcast, the WOW podcast. The um, WOW podcast. Hello, James. Yeah, hi, Jane. How's hi. your week been? Yeah, my week's been good. I've, um, I've done a few good things, uh, seen a few good people, worked on a few projects that make me happy. I've met some really interesting people actually this week in the, the charitable sector. Um, so yeah, it's all pretty interesting. Good. How about you? You've been busy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've done my usual brilliant talent of taking on far too much in a week. Yeah. Uh, and I've also written my first academic essay in 22 oh, wow. years. 22 years. And this was going to be the essay that I was not writing until the deadline. And guess what? Yeah. Just Half past 11 it. last night. Nice, nice. So yes. So um, it's been a big week for me. Uh, but excited to be talking about... These are two of my favourite. This is a, one of my favourite topics today. Yeah. Yeah, so personal values, right? I mean, that's what we're going to be focusing on. Yep. Um, I think it's something that we both really quite connect with. I mean, it's like, I think the fact that we've both chosen to pursue a way of working um, as we have and in, in pursuing our own careers and, and working independently and, and working in a field that helps people, I think, brings to life how value-driven we both are. Um, in terms of what we're going to do today, we're going to do the same as ever. So we'll have a discussion of some definitions for you up front. Uh, definitions that are values related. We'll then go into our research roundup, um, a list of a week for you as well, another exciting list of a week, some stories from the coalface, and then some final thoughts and checking out. Um, so, should we jump straight into some definitions? Do you want to Let's lead start us off with some definitions. Topic? Great. Um, so, we've had a look at some of the basic terminology that'd be really useful for people to understand when they're thinking for the first time about values. Uh, let's start with basics. Values, principles, or standards of behaviour. Um, I always prefer the second part of the definition, which is one's judgment of what is important in life. Yeah. I think that's how it was described to me as of growing up. And yeah. I think it's something that um, resonates with quite a lot of people. Yeah, I think I think that kind of does what it says. It's you know, it's the stuff that you value about the world, isn't it? You know, I mean, I used to when I was younger, people talk a little bit about personal ideals as well, and that's kind of part of values as well. I think absolutely. Um, Self awareness. Uh, which we're probably putting in here because it's so relevant to being able to understand your own values. And yeah. so the definition there around conscious knowledge of one's own character and feelings. Yeah. I think you could easily rewrite that as conscious knowledge of one's own values. Yeah, I, I totally I, agree. I think, I think actually the more you start thinking about values, the more you realise how much of your behaviour is constructed around them. It really is. And when we spoke about... Um, emotional intelligence we, we talked a little bit about knowing how you respond under different emotions and I think that's all part of self-awareness so you know your values you know how you respond in different situations if your values are triggered and I think yeah, that's all part and of I self-awareness think certainly from my perspective in the work that I do it's probably my favourite bit is when people start to uncover their values and really challenge whether things they've long held as thought what they thought their values were right from youth suddenly it turns out actually yeah. maybe if they still held true yeah and, and um, that's when you really feel that you can help people to some extent and make a, a difference and support people when they go through that sort of enlightened light bulb type moment I refer to them as aha moments aha moments yeah light bulb moments as well it's, so, yeah the yeah. moments the moments that someone it, sits there and goes oh yeah and you can actually see it right yeah. if you're doing something for a room 
you don't even need to be speaking to the individual. You'll just see somebody just have that moment where their brain says, oh, <laughs> this yeah, is a big thing. Exactly. So these two um, terms I'm not so familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're new to me, which is really nice. So one is terminal values. Yeah. Uh, the idea that these are goals that we work towards and are viewed as most desirable. They are desirable states of existence. Yeah. They are the goals that we would like to achieve during our lifetime. Yeah. Which sounds incredibly grand, but it makes total sense, right? Yeah, it's a destination type goal, right? Yeah. You know? um, and I think the, the idea of terminal values makes a lot of sense when we look at the next definition as well, which is instrumental values. Yeah. So instrumental values talk about our preferred methods of behavior and they're, they're the sort of means to the end. So the terminal values are where do we want to be? You know, what are the things that we think would fulfill us uh, should we get to where we want to be? And these are things like you know, peace in the world and harmony. Equality would yeah, be the obvious one yeah, to me. Yeah, And the instrumental are, how do we want to get there? Yeah. And it might be through, you know, being kind or being focused or different behavioural things. Yeah, and I think it's a really helpful distinction. I've it never is, had those yeah. terms before, but that distinction between uh, what's the equilibrium or the place you're trying to be versus how you're going to get there. Yeah. Um, and then career values, which uh, actually is... Uh, quite often referred to as work values and they are the, the subset of your beliefs that are related to your occupation and job and I, I yeah I'll come to it but I question that distinction um, well so for me one of the reasons that there's some there's a bit of a distinction for your career values is that your values are ideal and they're things that you want to aspire to but sometimes in relation to work they're pragmatic other things that, that get involved as well so for me some things that fit into things like career values are um, driven via your other values but it's things like well what are the career opportunities for my partner right so so that affects my career decision and it means that it might limit the things that if I just followed my own values in my career would um, would be things I perceived yeah and I think so I and it's interesting isn't it because I don't for me I think those are probably all linked. Yeah. Dig down, they're yeah. all linked to you probably have values around family yeah. or around yeah. Yeah. Uh, work-life yeah. balance yeah. or about creating a harmonious home. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, agree, I guess but... it's, not that I, it's not that I disagree with the distinction, it's that I suspect they're all linked. Yeah, and I, I agree that underlying all of it is your values. I think that the idea of career values is useful because it gives people something that's maybe a bit more accessible or usable in the immediate term when oh, they're talking really about true. their careers yeah basis, no that makes you know, that so. makes really good sense certainly when i do values workshops sometimes it feels really heavy yeah well, we've never talked about this stuff before. yeah it's really intrusive yeah you have it, to manage it quite carefully you're lifting up a lot of rocks um whereas <laughs> that is not a phrase i've heard before <laughs> in terms of that and it is really accurate yeah what's in there i'm gonna i'm gonna use that okay so talking about career values two distinctions here intrinsic and extrinsic mm-hmm. intrinsic the actual tasks involved in a practicing your occupation or doing your job. Um, so things like helping others, doing challenging work, being a great leader. Yeah, it's the sort of day-to-day. What are you actually doing when you're at your desk or that kind of stuff? Yeah. And extrinsic values concerned with the byproducts of an occupational job, which is an interesting phrase. Um, it's the stuff that you get out of your work. It's the stuff uh, that, as I tend to put it, floats your boat. Yeah. Um, but things like high earnings, recognition, and job security. Yeah. yeah. And it always scares me how little uh, people understand extrinsic values of their teams. Always yeah. surprises yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. They assume that what motivates them motivates Absolutely. everyone Absolutely. else. Absolutely. And that's like the next step of uh, self awareness, isn't it? You know what motivates you? 
but you've got to understand that you're not um, the same as everybody else. It's an extra- It's a really extraordinary thing, I find. Yeah. So personal values are unique. That's that's a lot of what's important of them. This is this is your set of values, and everyone will have slightly different values. And, and you can't drivers. enforce your values on someone else. It no. just won't work like that. No. You can make you can set up a policy and process that makes people comply with your values yeah. if, you, if you're in charge, but no one no one can take on your values. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. unless we get into talking about things like really serious influence and politics and behavioural change and things oh, like that. Oh, and then, then I start pinching. It's so here's cringy. a question, quick question it's really on cringy. values. Yeah. Um, do, you think, do you believe they change over your lifetime? I think that they do change over your lifetime. I think they change as a result of the experiences that you have, but they also change as a result of the situations that you're in. So I guess really it feels to me like I've just said that your terminal values change because of where you are. Um, and your um, instrumental values change because of what you've been through. So I think they both change. It's really interesting. I've read some research recently, um, some early research Mm -hmm. that suggests they didn't, and then there's this been flurry of much more accurate research, I think, which says, of course they change. When you become a parent, for example... I was going to say, key life moments, right? The world shifts forever. Um, When you have uh, someone who's unwell in your life, Mm -hmm. when you are... And I think you're right, the other side of it is, if you go through a particularly poorly managed restructure for yeah. example sometimes it will bring to light things that you feel have fundamentally changed the way you view the world yeah yeah and and another example of that type of thing is if you maybe have a role model who ends up not being who you thought they were and you based your behaviors on them you might think well you know maybe that value that i adhere to isn't going to help me become who i want to be so i i once had a person who crafted their entire values and managed to figure out exactly what they were by looking at things they hate about other people. Yeah. Well, which I was like, yeah. okay, that's one way of doing it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that was just the way they thought about the world. Yeah. So personal values are um, really key, I think, and clearly we're both fairly passionate about it. Should we jump into some research around that? Oh, let's have a research roundup, James. Alrighty, time for some research roundup. Um, so first thing to chuck out here when I was looking into this is that it's in some ways it's hard to separate personal values from a lot of the other areas that I think we'll cover at different points in time. So, you know, things like motivation comes in a lot when you think about values because a lot of values drive people's motivations. Things like um, personality theories, if you look at your Myers-Briggs type stuff, a lot of that's about trying to, you know, put a lens on personal values and behaviours and things like that. So there's a lot of crossover. Um, so it's just worth being aware of that. The other thing that I wanted to touch on that I think you've seen in the past is um, this idea of a personality ethic and character ethic. And it's sort of tangentially linked to this. So I think it's worth touching on. And if anyone's read um, Stephen Covey's work or or seen him speak a bit, um, he touches on this. And in a nutshell, what he says is that if you look at leadership theory and and leadership development writing Um, but for about the first 150 years of that industry really so running up until about 1920 a lot of the focus was on how people could be better at what he calls the character ethic which is the bit below the iceberg in terms of what's visible so what's really inside you so how do you understand and develop and improve and get clarity over things like your sense of integrity, your fidelity, courage, compassion, contribution, responsibility, um, justice, and things like that. And that's what a lot of development focus was on. And then from about 1920, 
Um, a new stream of management and development work came out, which he calls the personality ethic. And this is about focusing on the stuff that is the upper part of the iceberg, if you will, the bit that the rest of the world sees. So this is about changing the way that you present yourself as opposed to changing what is underlying that you, that you are to present as a person. So by focusing on how you present to the world, um, you can have some sort of shortcuts in relation to your development and make it appear that you're developed. So in here, we've got things like how you dress as part of your personality, the language that you use, how you present, the types of things you say to others, some of your behaviours. Um, and I just think that distinction between personality and character is really important. And for me, the work that we do on values and trying to help people understand and, and work in a way that's aligned to their values really fits with that character ethic piece. Um, and I think that's really important. I think um, it really frustrates me, actually, uh, when I look at leadership work and it is focused on the stuff that you would define in coping design personality. Because my belief is that pretty much anyone can help you take your existing character and translate it to be meaningful. Absolutely. But if you haven't got the underlying tools to understand who you are and what you're trying to achieve, and actually be a little bit self-critical about, are these the right things? Yeah, you might not like what you see, but you've got to work with it. Then all you're effectively doing is helping someone sell something that's not true. Absolutely. And that, I guess, you know, not to sound meta, but that then frustrates my values. Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. I agree, I agree. It's just it, it's just a better spend. It's a better spend of your time looking at your own character. It's a real investment, isn't yeah. it? Um, and we'll touch on it a bit later, but I think if you focus on your core values, it's it's cheesy, but you know, being true to yourself means that you're not you're not being something that you're not. It's life's just simpler if you don't have to carry the baggage of creating a personality that's not real. Um, well, I would, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, but I would argue that's where I've seen mental health issues crop up. I totally, totally If you agree. are pretending, and it is, I mean, ultimately what you're talking about is presenting a character that is not fundamentally yeah, aligned with who you are. Yeah, yeah. At some point, when you're under periods of stress, it's going to manifest yeah. itself in different ways. Yeah. And I would argue that politicians, it happens to quite a lot, yeah. because they're forced to, to be held to this really unrealistic concept of who their public yeah. person is. Yeah. I mean, you know, you only have to look at Theresa May's field of wheat comment. <laughs> Yes. To, to, to look at what the expectations of the world are yeah. at some point that toll is going to involve something pretty yeah, hard yeah. even just the, um, the mental energy of trying to remember who you're meant to be must sap your mental faculty so you can't be as good at what just you do just rather they were working on running the country do you yeah, know what I mean? yeah, then, yeah and adopting a power stance um, mm -hmm. alright so the third thing that I want to touch on in terms of research roundup is um, a guy called Milton Rokesh, Rokesh, R-O-K-E-A-C-H, Rokesh, I'm not sure. Anyway, the late 60s, he did a lot of work on personal values, and it's his work that defined um, the terminal and instrumental values that we talked about in the introduction. Uh, and some other people have tried to look through and maybe restructure them, regroup them, come up with other things, but they've not really been successful. Um, and all I wanted to do here was just run through his list of terminal values. Um, and his list of instrumental values, so you can see the types of things that are here. So terminal values, again, this is the end state that we aspire to. You can see if any of these um, are things that, that, you know, press a button for you that you relate to. Uh, and there's actually an activity that you can do in relation to trying to order these and prioritise them for yourself to discover your own values. Anyway, the terminal values that he uses in his exercises are as follows. A world at peace, free of war and conflict. Family security, taking care of loved ones. Freedom, independence and choice. 
equality, brotherhood, equal opportunity for all, self-respect, self-esteem, happiness, being connectedness, I say contentedness, wisdom, a mature understanding of life, national security, so that's protection from attack, salvation, which is about a saved eternal life, true friendship, which is close companionship, a sense of accomplishment, a lasting contribution, um, inner harmony, which is freedom from inner conflict, a comfortable life, a prosperous life, mature love, sexual and spiritual intimacy, a world of beauty, so beauty of nature and the arts, pleasure, an enjoyable leisurely life. I like leisurely, <laughs> make me smile. Um, social recognition, so respect and admiration, and then an exciting life, a stimulating active life. So those are, you know, 18 terminal values that he, he believes most people can um, allocate their, you know, their ideal world into uh, bundles of. Um, instrumental values, I'll run through these for you as well. It's another 18. So again, this is the journey, on your journey, what are the things that you believe are, are valuable ways of doing things or things you want to adhere to. Um, so we start ambitious, being hardworking and aspiring. Broad-minded, being open-minded. Capable, being competent and effective. Cheerful, being light-hearted and joyful. Clean, being neat and tidy. Courageous, standing up for your beliefs. Forgiving, willing to pardon others. Helpful, working for the welfare of others. Honest, sincere and truthful. Imaginative, being daring and creative. Independent, being self-reliant and self-sufficient intellectual, being intelligent and reflective. Do you like the way I stumbled trying to read intellectual? It's funny, isn't it? <laughs> Pardon me. Logical, being consistent and rational. Loving, affectionate and tender. Obedient, dutiful and respectful. Polite, courteous and well-mannered. Responsible, dependable and reliable. And self-controlled, being restrained and self-disciplined. Um, yeah. So that is 36 different words for you. So somewhere along, I stopped listening and yeah. instead started trying to work out what order yeah. I would put them in. And interestingly, the first person I thought about was my dad. And I was okay. like, oh, I wonder what dad would do with yeah. this. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. I just Maybe he'd mention you through the process, right? <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm pretty sure not. But um, yeah, I think um, I really like the way he's constructed those lists. And yeah. I really like the things they cover. And I think... Um, in a world, and this is not to get all deep, yeah, but yeah. in a world where we are increasingly um, going to a place of trying to find people who think like us and be very angry about people who don't think like that, think like us, I think, and I, I think the reason I mentioned politics earlier is because I always think values comes up. Um, when we were going through uh, the referendum for Brexit, for example, my family was quite divided, mm -hmm. and it, it boiled down to a completely different opinion about terminal values it is yeah politics and, is and about I terminal values it don't is. I couldn't get my head around why so I get why my brothers disagreed one of my brothers disagreed with me I got it yeah but no one else in the family could and that's what frustrated me yeah I was angry with him for disagreeing yeah. with me yeah, yeah. but I was far more angry at the rest of the family for not giving him his rights yeah to feel differently about yeah. things yeah. and that's self-awareness and emotional intelligence I mean well being... thank you yeah. <laughs> But it is also that thing. Well, it's not that much. It's not that much emotional intelligence because I couldn't figure out how to get them to see. No, but you could see it. I mean, you could see it. Yeah. Maybe and, you're just not good at teaching that. And I think I think that's why uh, I get really heavy and this yeah. about this stuff. And that's why I put it in every program that I do. So everything yeah. I do in my work 
if I feel that the group of people or the individual I'm working with doesn't fully understand their own values, I will always do this piece of work with them. Yeah. Because well, I just think it's... So, and yeah. I'll tell you what, the number of them that go home and do it with their partners of course, or their parents, yeah. it's like, I've got a game for you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then, Let's look yeah. into your soul. <laughs> I, have to, I have to always, always do this exercise with a warning, health warning sign at the bottom that says... Do not come back to me having done it with your partner and discovered that you've got different values and ask me what it is. I'm <laughs> yeah. not a counsellor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, cool. So, so those are the values. Anyway, you can um, we'll put them up on the web. You can you can look at them or you can find them somewhere else. And there are different activities that you can go through. Um, but essentially, what you do is you try and order them um, and see which ones come out on top, and then the ones that are at the top of your main values and have a little bit of a reflection on them. Yeah, and most importantly, when things irk you with other personal relationships or when you disagree with people, yeah. have a little think back and go, is this, is this because actually deep down we have different beliefs? Yeah, and it's, um, you know, the world's full of different people. Yeah. Um, but being aware that other people have different beliefs. And, and let's face it, if we were all only obsessed with happiness, well, yeah. maybe that would be a good thing, I don't know, but certainly it would be, uh, it would be in a different world from the one we've got. Yeah, I kind of like the a comfortable life as a terminal value. Well, that just seems nice, right? Just... I, yeah, it I, it's interesting, isn't it? I think that one is, um, I think, in certainly in this country, over the last couple of decades, I feel like you'd have to apologise if that's what you want. Yeah, and I don't oh, get you it. know, we're, we're increasingly striving in terms of the values that we put out as admirable values, I believe. You know, I've, my parents' generation, that was exactly what it was. That was the aspiration, was to yeah. create a family life that was comfortable and not, literally, yeah. quite literally not uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. All right, um, so we talked about the importance of living as your values. What, what do you think some times might be or instances might be where you find it hard to live as your values? What are some situations you might be put in where that happens and what do you think the impacts are oh, on you? That's such a big question. So the, the, the things I've seen and things I've experienced um, are where people really struggle is where uh, an organ uh, well one of the most obvious is where organization values clash with your personal values yeah so if your organize if your organization is passionate about being uh the hardest working in the industry and actually you as a manager your value is at its heart work-life balance yeah. for your team yeah you're going to struggle yeah and i think um i think that's where i've seen clashes for people and in a I mean not so melodramatic but somewhat in a, ter in a turmoil because they've taken this job yeah. and particularly where organisations change and they're going through change themselves and they're learning and they're getting mm -hmm. excited about it I, I, I think that's challenging what about you? Um, I think that's that's one I, when you were talking about that something that popped into my mind was um, something that's a bit difficult I think in organisations is when the values that you espouse aren't the values that you actually embody in your organisation. And I think that causes confusion. It's a slightly different point, but I think you see a lot of organisations where they say, you know, we empower people, we challenge stuff and we work well together or whatever derivation of those you tend to see. But in reality, that's not what's valued at all by the organisation. So that's really interesting. So two things on that. One mm. is I was uh, with someone the other day who said, I wouldn't mind if teamwork wasn't their value, but it is and they're not doing it. Yeah. So they were like, don't, don't have the value, unless yeah. you really mean it. And then yeah. the, the other thing that I just, um, I thought was really, really interesting was we were talking about uh, values and corporate values and this particular organization um, had gone very well-meaningly so far down the road of one value. And in this way, it was uh, entrepreneurship. 
So okay. they're encouraging their staff to take autonomy over their work and go off and try stuff, which is a lovely yeah, value. Yeah, it's a nice value. The problem is, as soon as someone writes that value down and someone gets put in a job to help that happen, yeah. it got a bit over the top. And actually what happened is a lot of their early career staff were really feeling cut adrift by them from their managers. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, their managers did, were yeah. sitting there going, no, I have to let them be entrepreneurial. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they were going, no, please help me. I'm yeah, terrified yeah, yeah, yeah. here. You're empowered to make all the mistakes you can. And I think, I think for me that was... Um, that was where values can be really good, but it was actually, you know, causing some some challenges. I think the other question that you asked is, how do you know if it's, if, what are the signs you're looking for yeah. where you might see that? I think um, mental health is an obvious one. Yeah. You're feeling under, under extreme stress and you can't put your finger on it. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a massive one. I think um, you, you mentioned earlier, and I think it's a really interesting um, you have trouble making decisions. Yeah. I think that's so true. I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah, but actually. your compass isn't really working. You don't, you know. Well, it, it is, but it's got two poles. Yeah, that's well, what's that's, yeah exactly. That's a great, that's, great way to it, look at well, it. Well, it's, it's a brilliant metaphor that you've used because it is. It's literally like you're being dragged in multiple yeah. directions. Yeah. And I think um, I think the, mo- the most common time I see that is where someone has a really clear understanding of their own value about um, family yeah. and work-life balance. Yeah. And they also are deeply loyal and they're hardworking. Yeah. And they are really struggling because they know the organisation might be going through a tough time and it's not forever. Yeah. But they also know that this, this I'm using my hand, which is no help. Not my <laughs> Sorry, but I'm, I'm the, the bit on the other side is that they have a responsibility outside of that, uh, outside of that yeah. work. And I, 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 yeah, it's a really hard one to navigate because there isn't a right answer for it. Um, so I want to just really quickly jump into a, a very slight side topic, which is about something by a guy called David McClelland who talks about an acquired needs theory of motivation and we will do something more about it later on but he fundamentally says that people have three underlying sort of needs they've got a need for achievement a need for power or a need for what he calls affiliation which is kind of being part of a group and Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff and I think that's another good way to think about values and when you talk about times when you're um when you're in a position where you can't really live with your values or, or you're, you're, you feel you're not, I think those three um, natural needs are a good way to think about that. So if you have a need for affiliation as a leader, for example, if that's one of your underlying values, but you're in a position where you need to take actions that aren't necessarily beneficial for your people, that puts you in a really conflicted place. So particularly if you're leading change, leading restructuring, then people with high affiliation needs will find that very difficult from a values perspective and that leads to turmoil and it's funny you use that example because I've seen exactly yeah. that I've, I've worked with a CEO who's a fabulous man but he believes in immersing himself in his team and that's how he does it yeah, yeah. he believes if he drives the culture everything else is fine yeah. the problem is when uh, restructures is enforced on you for other reasons yeah. you've got to make tough decisions go to? yeah. and also he was very much the belief it has to be on him uh, he can involve other people in the decision all the way but it has to be of his responsibility and I think um I think that was tough. His board, though, came to his rescue, Great. which uh, is rare, but true. Yeah, it's good. And it's good that he had good people to help him. Mm. So if you're not living by your values, it can be hard. You know, decision-making can be a bit hard. You, you kind of feel a bit empty, or you feel like you're doing stuff and it's not giving you the payoff that you want. And I will flip that, though. Yeah, okay. In the sense that if you are struggling at work and you're not sure and someone says to you, go do this values exercise and see if you can figure it out, the relief that you sometimes see in people when they realise they're not doing anything wrong, mm-hmm. it's not they've suddenly become bad at their job, it's not suddenly that they can't mm-hmm. manage stress and they can't manage difficult situations. It's actually something very um, basic and very core. Yeah, 
Yeah. Um, the relief, they're like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. And there's such a sense of, okay, I can manage this. I actually understand yeah. what's going on here. Yeah. I had an interesting chat to some people who, you know, deliver leadership training. And, and what they actually said is that for some of their training or coaching or, you know, whatever makes you want to want to talk about, they actually sort of slightly disclose to the organizations that they deliver for that they expect some of their people to leave as a result of going through these types of exercises. And the numbers aren't high, but sometimes people will look at their values and really get close and to themselves and develop about self-awareness and decide it's time for another career. Well, it's interesting you should mention that because I was, I was having a conversation with someone the other day and we were talking about what happens when you're doing that and then someone comes back to you for advice as part of a coaching program yeah. and they're looking for advice to leave. And I think that's why... Uh, it's a really important conversation if you do this kind of work to have it up front. Yes. And say, yeah, is this what you're looking for? Yeah. Are and you it, actually it's... looking for people to move on where they're yeah. ready? Yeah, exactly. It's part of your contracting yeah. process with an organisation. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's personal values. Career values had a little mini look at that, so I just thought it was worth saying something quickly here. We said earlier we think career values are, are maybe a little bit more accessible. So if somebody, you know, if you're mentoring somebody, coaching somebody, have a direct report or are yourself looking at what you want to do with your career... It's worth thinking about those intrinsic and extrinsic definitions that we talked about earlier. There's a lot of overlap between your career values and your um, and your sort of underlying personal values. And there's some exercises that you can do, um, and we'll probably touch on them a little bit more later. But essentially, a lot of the exercises are something like here's a list of fifty values. Figure out which ones are most valuable for you, and which ones you don't care about, and which ones you tolerate. And that helps you prioritize. And that is things like. Um, you know, as I said earlier, can my uh, partner have a nice career where I am? How much do I need to contribute? Will I earn enough? Do I get good work-life balance? Do I get to solve good problems? Do I work for an organization I can be proud of? Can I make a difference to society? Will I be rich? Whatever. There's a whole list of those things. You go through, you prioritize them. And that's a fairly simple I think way. we should definitely do an episode on that at some point. Yeah, we can do that. Um, the other one that I like is um, Edgar Schein, who I think we've talked about a little bit before. He talks about career anchors, and really, these career anchors is um, it's another exercise. There's a questionnaire you go through, and that tells you the types of things that you find um, you'll always go back to in your career. So it's just another way to think about the things that, that are important to you. And we'll do an exercise on, uh, sorry, an episode on, and there's at some point as well. Well, we love we, we love Edgar. I think we've established. Yeah, that. I know. He's. He I'm going to get a up. poster. I'm going to get an Edgar poster. I I have. So there's a, there's a guy. Uh, a guy does a lot of writing. I think his name's Gareth Hall. Okay. Uh, around uh, careers, and um, I I am definitely developing an academic crush on him. That's funny. I think he's like. <laughs> I think he might not even be around anymore. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. Certainly. Agrees, I, don't think I still I have a thing for his writing. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So I think that is our research roundup taken care of. Do you want to um do you want to say a little bit about our list of the week? Sure. So the way we've approached the list of the week this week is to give you five steps to find your values. Yeah. And I think um the re- it's really interesting that we both thought of this as the way to use the list yeah, we independently. Do. We do like our prep independently just so you guys know. And yeah. we come together and see what happens. And and um, and, and we both do a very similar exercise um, and we were both like let's just use it for that yeah. because um, just just to say I probably do this exercise ex- this exercise myself mm. every couple of years yeah I touch yeah. base with it yeah, and yeah. sometimes I'll look at my old list and sometimes I won't yeah. and I find it really really useful because I find it um, it helps me just 
figure out if I'm shifting and what's going yeah. on and how I feel and it about just stuff. validates it revalidates yeah. baselines affirms whatever so um, we've broken it down to a five step process and what I would say as well is that if you do it yourself and you're confident and competent it's a really really great team learning experience it is yeah. um, it can make people a little bit uncomfortable yeah. but yeah you need to know your team right? you need to and know your team it. you need to know that it's uh, you might want to get a facilitator in to do it yeah um, you need to make it very fun and informal and not remember that you know there is no wrong to it yeah but it is it's a lovely way to build a team it is it is it, talk about getting to know people right? oh, I mean God. it's like it's the look on people's faces when they start reading them out and they're like these are nothing like anybody else's yeah, <laughs> yeah. so our five five steps towards this process um, I'm going to start us off uh, so the first step is positive exploration and that's putting your positive hat on and looking back at the times when you've been at your best the things that you're most proud of, um, compliments that you've received and that have meant something, and that's really important, um, and looking at the people you hold as role models. Um, if you're really struggling, a uh, really great piece of advice was look back at your personal development plans and see what tips are, what people have said about you that's been positive. Yeah. Look back at emails where you've had thank yous. Yeah. Because that's a really flick through and, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, what about this? Uh, I met someone the other day who keeps a little email folder of all the positives they get. Not because of this. And I was just like, what lovely things. You know what, you know what, um, what I did when I left my last organization, uh, this is totally cheesy, but I think it was kind of helpful. Um, I asked a lot of the people that I had good relationships and that I cared um, about and, you know, whatever, while I was there to write me a, a sort of like a little leaving note, um, a positive message for me mm. um, about some of the things that they thought my future might hold, but based on things they knew about me. So I actually got them all, and they're all on like little business card type size things. And so I got a little picture of the people, um, and then a little nice message, and I put them all up over my office. So if I get a bit uncertain of myself, which happens sometimes, I can go and do that and have a little read through. It's my little, it's my little, um, it's my cheerleading section. Oh, I right? love that. So that was a little. Okay, that's anyway. so definitely that's another thing we should talk about, how you celebrate success. Yeah. So step one, what you're looking for, it's called positive exploration, and what you're looking for is where you've been at your best and you felt really good about it, um, and where other people that you admire have been at their best and why you admire them. Actually, role models helps quite a lot. Yeah. Um, the second step is negative exploration, um, which is where maybe you haven't, been at your best where you're really disappointed you've fallen short when you've had negative feedback um and again that's like negative feedback you care about like yes. sometimes i get negative feedback and i'm like, like yeah <laughs> we all know we all know that sound, <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah. um and it's i think you, one of the phrases you use is time to let yourself down yeah and i think that's a really yeah, good if you're way disappointed of in it. yourself like, and i think yeah. um the important question is not what did you do for this exercise, the important mm -hmm. question is why did you feel that way? Yeah. What is it about what you yeah. did? Because chances are what you've done yeah. is you've accidentally uh, let yourself down in one of your values. Yeah, yeah, you have. Um, yeah. And then the third step before I hand over to James is uh, what we're referring to as known exploration. So it's spending a few minutes looking back over your life journey, your friends, your family, maybe the community you live in, um, and where you want to end up in life, and what you think a good future outcome would be and who you'd like to be as a person. And it's a really big question. Yeah, it's a huge but question. thinking about how those thoughts make you feel yeah. um, and thinking about painting a picture, and, and quite often I talk about painting pictures in yeah, your head. Yeah. What does that life look like? Yeah, and who yeah, are yeah. you at your best? Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, like another kind of exercise around some of the stuff is, you know, you write your own epitaph or that kind of stuff. So, uh, okay, so for years... Yeah. 
I used to turn, I used to have a turn of phrase. I never used this in training. Okay, risky, okay. But with the, um, what do I want on my gravestone? Yeah, 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 totally. And so for one of them was was always, she made us laugh so hard, we had to leave the room. Great. And I was great. like, that is it. Great, that, is, yeah. that is my yeah. success That's perfect. on a page. Yeah. And it really helped me understand that something I like is that I make people laugh and I'm yeah, really happy. Yeah, That's important yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, I felt guilty for that for so long. Felt like that was not like a proper value, and then I was like, "Oh, of course it is." Yeah. So, so just going back over the first three, which is very much an internal exercise, which is uh, and a reflective exercise, positive exploration, negative exploration, and then known exploration. And then James, do you want to take yeah, the last? Yeah, yeah, I'll do that. So when we do this exercise, I tend to find. Well, I'd be curious on your number, but I tend to find sort of like people find maybe twenty to forty values that they've come up with. What's your sort of view? I mean, what sort of? Uh, I find that whatever number I give them, they come up with ten more. <laughs> That is, that is absolutely <laughs> okay, okay. not scientific, but I'm pretty sure that's what happens. Yeah, yeah. And I tend to not specify numbers. I just kind of uh, let them okay, go. So I so. always give a number. Yeah, okay. And I, no matter how much to change it, yeah. it always comes out. I would like negative five, please. And <laughs> end up with five. Anyway, so I find people tend to come up with about 20 to 40 values by, by going through this. And that's great. And, and you know, our sense of selves are, is complex and we've got a range of values. But... We want to be fairly clear and we want to condense it down. So I usually try and get people to condense their total list down to, you know, three to six core values. And and sometimes I'd maybe refer to these as ordinal values. You know, there are things that you kind of steer yourself by. And I think trying to get down to that, that number is good. Um, there are a couple of different ways to do that. Um, one of the things we use in facilitation a lot. Uh, I think it's actually called something like associative mapping or something. But ba- Thematic analysis. Oh, is that, the yeah, so fine. finding themes. Yeah, basically you put stuff in a group and give it a name, right? I mean, that's what it is. You move all your little post-its or whatever you have um, together. So for this exercise, what we tend to get people to do is to say, okay, well, well, you've got your values, look through them and try and cluster them into things that you think are associated. So if you've got... Um, working collaboratively and building great relationships maybe as separate values but maybe go into a bundle and maybe you'll find some others and go through and group everything until you've got you know four or five six groups um, and then review what's in that group and give that group a name so you might find that you've got building great relationships collaborating uh, you know making people happy helping others and you might group all of those together and give that uh, an overall name like you know um, effectively working with others or making people happy or whatever but you, the point is you come up with a name name for that one and if you do that for all your groups you'll end up with um, you know targeting sort of three four five six core values and then you need to make sure that you're happy with them and, and prioritize them a little bit um, another way that sometimes people do this when they've got a big list of values is instead of grouping them they might just try and go straight to prioritizing them uh, and that's a bit of a harder exercise and you can do that by you know discarding your bottom five and then starting again discard another bottom five or there's another exercise that, that I, I find really useful when I'm looking at sort of complex things that I'm trying to um, trying to prioritize and that's a paired comparison I do know that I one mean, it's like yeah, a little the way scene. I refer to it when I'm talking to people is uh, the big boxy gritty thing no <laughs> no we talk about it if you ever watch The Voice it's the battle oh right okay so yeah okay, okay. I've never seen The Voice so, but I, okay. yeah yeah, yeah, so yeah. The idea I, I can is, imagine totally put the two values up in your head someone yeah. comes to you for your advice and think about what sort of advice you would give them for example you know maybe they've got uh, they're not very well and they don't want to share it with their family but they're thinking about you know and you're trying to figure out the difference between honesty and loyalty yeah, 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 or yeah. honesty and, and truth or yeah, integrity, fair yeah. kind or kindness or whatever 
and it's always a really um, so we, we talk about the battle yeah battle, one, battle two out and who's, who's yeah, still standing yeah, yeah exactly that exactly that a battle royale if you've got 20 to 40 of them um, yeah I, that would be my one caveat <laughs> if you've got 20 to 40 stick to the thematic stuff <laughs> yeah um, so that's uh, grouping and condensing is activity number four and then the last activity in, in our, our list of the week is around reviewing and reflecting so now that you've got your core values or, or you think you've got them you really need to step back and reflect on them and, and that'll help you both ensure that they're right for you it'll help develop your self-awareness um, and it'll make it a bit easier for you to communicate and explain them to other people as well which is helpful so when you have your values it's worth looking at each of them and saying, you know, what emotion does this value make me feel? If I think about loyalty, what kind of emotional response do I get? Um, how might I describe what loyalty means to me? Uh, questions like, you know, what action could I take that would demonstrate loyalty? You know, what are, what are behaviors that embody that? And, and also, who can you think of? Are there role models out there that you think are representative of the values that you've got? Um, so that... A bit of reflection helps you, um, as I said, develop your self-awareness, but gives you the language to communicate with others and gets you comfortable with expressing yourself in this way, which is sometimes sometimes helpful, particularly if you're doing things like giving feedback or having developmental conversations. Yeah. I, um, I tend to get this exercise done on index cards. Yeah. And yeah, I get yeah. them to write at the top, write their definition underneath, write yeah. a role model, and then flip it over okay. and write things that people can accidentally do to really oh, yeah. frustrate them. Yeah, yeah fine. Um, which, things which, that just needle you, right? Yeah, things that needle you, and you know probably you're reacting irrationally. If somebody turns up two minutes late, Well, so we whatever, have this exact yeah. conversation okay. about things that you probably need to manage your behaviour yeah. around, because you know it frustrates you, but you also know someone isn't doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deliberately to press yeah, your buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, punctuation is probably a really great example, to some extent, of some people's values. You know, the, the errant apostrophe for some people is a red rag. Um, and it's, you know, all that stuff's values. Yeah. Um, so I think having reviewed all this, for me, the last last thing to do is a little bit of a sense check is around, do you feel that you're living with the values? Um, and if you're not, what needs to change? Um, and maybe you want to speak to a mentor about it. Maybe you want to do some reflection, you know, whatever. As ever, taking some action is helpful. But I think trying to step back and do that um, is good. So that's the list of the week. Uh, so it's the five steps that you can undertake individually or maybe as a bit of a team exercise to uncover your values. Um, so step one, positive exploration. Step two, negative exploration. Step three, known exploration. Step four, grouping and condensing. And then step five, reviewing and reflecting. So there we go. That's the list of the week taken and care of. it's a great list. It's a great I'm list, obviously isn't it? biased because it's like my favourite exercise. Yeah. It's, it's fun to do a list that's an exercise. I think we can do a bit more of that in... Um, where appropriate and gives people some tools to use excellent so where, where are we now we are on to stories from the coalface brackets keyboard that's what I wrote in my notes coalface brackets keyboard I think we're making it a bit I more think, contemporary for me possibly contemporary possibly also I was feeling a bit guilty like our work is so tough we're down the mind like, <laughs> I know, no, we're, I, know really not. I know I know um, I know but so I was going to start with um an experience that I had around values where uh, it was quite, it was personal, actually, this is not about working with other people, this was about me, and how uh, I was quite early in my career, and I've always been into this kind of area of personal development, this whole values thing, yeah. partially because um, 
uh, when I was younger, I was I, I was really struggling with finding direction and stuff, and and I felt a bit out of step with some of some of my peer group. Yeah. And so I was working for this organisation that I loved, and mm-hmm. I loved this organisation. It was it, I was so passionate about yeah. it, and I loved the people who worked there, and they were going through a restructure, and. Uh, the process wasn't right. It wasn't mm-hmm. wrong, but it wasn't right. Yeah. And I felt really strongly that um, my team were were they weren't being treated unfairly. They were being treated without respect. Yeah. And so one of my absolute my values, and it is so hardwired, is um, standing up for people who are less. In less positions it's kind of equality. the equality or whatever. It is. Yeah. It's about. It's about using your power. Yeah. Effectively, and um, and I uh, and also about demonstrating that to them. Yeah. Is really important, yeah. I think. Uh, and I I called HR out in front of them, and it wasn't pretty. Yeah. And they also brilliant. God love HR. The girl who was working there was a lovely lady. Yeah. Totally misunderstood and thought she was like you know you're not part of the restructure and I was like. Yes, uh, I do. Yeah, yeah. But I'm still standing up for these other people because they need someone yeah. to speak up and they're, they're clearly too yeah. frightened to. Yeah. Um, and for me, the, the piece of the values that was so important was I had about two minutes to make that decision. And in that two minutes, my thought process was what matters most in my life. Yeah. The job, this organisation and this cause that I feel incredibly passionate about yeah. or my responsibility to these group of people. And it was, And as soon as that process had gone through it didn't even take me two minutes it took me maybe 10 yeah. seconds to know that what yeah. I was going to do and it was it's not that it wasn't that it was hard to find that it was the right thing to do the bit that mattered was very quickly I could shortcut through what's yeah. the impact on me don't matter yeah. don't matter in this situation yeah and so I, I kind of increasingly like the phrase we used earlier which was ordinal values you know like yes. the, you know, and that's, that's an or, ordinal value for you I mean it just drives the direction that you go in and I think that's that's a really good example um, in terms of I guess stories from me from the from the keyboarder co-face I've got a couple um, of a similar event to yours when you were saying that something that popped into my mind was um, I've managed people who've been through mental health related issues and when that starts in large organisations there is quite often uh, a process that kicks off right so if somebody initiates a stress-related absence and you need to undertake a series of processes as somebody who's, who's leading or managing um, people in that instance and in one of the one of the times when this happens happened I actually didn't do it right because one of the first steps or an early step is around arranging um, arranging an occupational health visit and doing all that kind of stuff and I for me I didn't think that was the right thing for a person. I thought that by doing that at that time, I would make things worse, right? So for me, there I was in a conflict of values between my desire to do the right thing for the person and the desire to do the right thing for the organization and procedurally and comply and all that stuff. So I didn't do it, right? And, um, you know, obviously the conversation was I put myself at risk, I do all that kind of stuff. But for me, it was a similar type of situation and for me, the, the person won. Um, so that's a sort of values-based decision um, in reality that I thought was interesting. Another one, slightly less um, serious than that, is working for organizations, large organizations, where you work in this sort of HRE type role or development, culture, all that stuff. You, you find that a lot of people approach you because they want to work where you work. And I know that happens in lots of roles, but I think it happens more 
in the sort of softer people focused type roles and I think a lot of people who approach you they don't know what's really involved in the role and the difficulties and complexities and stuff but they're drawn to it and the reasons that I think they're drawn to it tend to be values based and I don't think they necessarily know that but I think people who, who value working with others helping others and that type of stuff want to work on that type of team so there's a great piece of research I was reading for my academic yeah, yeah. and it's about career changes and okay. the role of calling so the concept of calling and how it aligns to your values okay and so how uh, and it's and it, it uses something called job crafting okay job crafting is where you've gone into a job for very practical reasons mm-hmm. but you start to adapt your job to fulfill your motivations and your values perfect and yeah. so for example it's people so for example there's a great example of a girl who said I think that's me mm. in our group and she's an engineer yeah who has put her hands up and they've got cultural issues between their engineers and their sure. administration staff, right, yeah. engineers keep getting like keep losing them because no one no one is nice to the women in the office. Yeah. It's effectively the way she described it. Yeah, okay. And they are women. Yeah, yeah. And um and she's put her hand up and said, "Send me on the uh, the organisational psychology masters, and I'll come back and Great. as an engineer try and help." Yeah. And and she was like, "That's me. That's literally yeah, yeah. what I've done. I'm changing my role. I'm, to fit ch- my... I'm, I'm keeping my engineer hat, but yeah. I'm taking on this whole other piece of work as yeah. part of that." So that I can fulfil this part of me that really thinks that we need to be we need to be much nicer to each other. And, yeah. and she, it was a one. I, I was saying earlier, I referred to as aha moment. Yeah, it was yeah. a brilliant aha yeah, moment yeah. that we all got to see, and we were yeah. all like, "That's that's what we want to yeah. do." I love it when an aha moment slips out. Right, it's yeah. like a leaky face of aha moment. Yeah. So um, um, so I love and I love that concept of job crafting. If you don't love your job, yeah. how can you craft it or change it to yeah. fit your values? Yeah. And can you work with your organisation to do that? Yeah. Good. Well, there's some stories there, some some lighter ones and some less light ones. Uh, any final thoughts or tips from you on what you do? Uh, uh, my tip, uh, and I'm only giving a different one to yours because I know what yours is, oh, right. and okay. I agree with yours. <laughs> um, but my tip for this week would be to managers: if you are struggling to like someone in your team, mm-hmm. do this exercise. Yeah. Um, or if you are struggling to understand why someone who is very competent behaves in a way that frustrates you, do this exercise. Um, I've had several incidents with members of my team that I haven't talked about today because it's not fair on them yeah. but uh, with various m- members of my teams that this has fundamentally changed the way we've related to each other we yeah. still they don't I, I'm not sure they still ever liked me but they definitely got me and I got them yeah. and it just improved our working relationships beyond measure and it was, it was a one hour exercise yeah, yeah. there's a lot of a lot of payback for the time you yeah. get for this one your return on investment is pretty good oh you? James is so corporate <laughs> Um, okay, uh, my my top tip on this one is actually go easy on yourself about the whole thing. Um, I think that you can do a values exercise and think, oh my God, I need to be all these things. Um, or this is the real me, I now need to pursue all of that. And I, you know, values change. But, um, but also, you know, for a lot of people, it's a bit of a luxury. You know, people need to put food on the table. They need to live near their families, they've got caring responsibilities, whatever. There's a whole mix of things that people have in the world that sometimes mean they can't, you know, follow the value of living in the sunshine and not doing much work that they might have discovered in themselves. Um, So, you know, it's good to find your values and to aim towards them, but it's a lifelong journey. So be aware that, you know, pursuing your values can be a bit of a luxury. And if that's the situation you find yourself in, really don't beat yourself up about it. You know, sometimes everyone needs to do something to get through. I would, um, uh, if, if, like, as I say, if that hadn't been yours, it would have been mine. And I, the one thing I would add on that 
is use your knowledge of those values to give you comfort yeah. if you have to act against them. Yeah. So if you know those are your values and you're being asked to do something and you've made the decision that you are going to do it because it fits with what you need to do right now, yeah. remember it's not who you are. And I, yeah. I actually find that that sometimes helps. It does This idea help. that you go... This, this is just one tiny piece of thing that yeah. I'm going to do, but it doesn't reflect on Yeah, I'm. yeah. I'm on a journey somewhere, but I need to... Yeah, I, there's some stuff I have to do on the way. Yeah. And speak to people about it if you need to. Maybe find a coach or a mentor. Or oh, member. James, I like it. <laughs> do you see what I did? I do see what you did there. Why don't you tell people what I'm, why I'm smiling? Uh, so our next episode, when we come back to you, is going to be about sort of developing mentoring relationships, developing mentoring networks, working on um, developmental... Uh, relationships like that so that would be a great place to speak about your values yeah brilliant I'm looking forward to that it's one of my favourite subjects yeah it's good so that's us done for today um, as ever we've been through things we've been focusing on personal values we've done definitions for you uh, we've done a bit of research roundup looking at you know personality and character ethics some models around values a little, little bit around some career values um, we've for our list of a week actually shared a five-step process you can go through for yourself or for your team to explore and um, uncover or reveal the values that you've And got. we're gonna we're gonna post. Um, yeah, I've actually we'll got a little it. guide yeah. that will show you how to get through that. Yeah, which great. Is similar to that. We're gonna post that on the, yeah. on the Twitter feed. So we'll get that get that up on um, up on the website. Um, we've talked about some stories about when actually interestingly our stories were sort of about values conflicts that we've had and how we've used values as that direction setting tool when making decisions. Um, then a couple of top tips. Um, and that's us so I guess we're checking out um, and we'll be back same time next week whatever time that ends up actually being for you so until then uh, it is goodbye from me yeah and goodbye from me have a great week people thanks hi thanks for listening to this episode of the World of Work podcast to learn more about what we do please check out our website www.worldofwork.io where you can read some great articles learn more about the seminars and courses that we deliver or even support us if you wish through our Patreon page that's www.worldofwork.io thank you